Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Is your job really who you are? Well, with so many options at our fingertips, we can construct all sorts of very creative ways to reflect an identity. Social media has given us all the freedom of expression that's not tied to the traditional norms that many of us have grown up with. But while we might project an identity in all sorts of sometimes weird and wonderful ways, the question of identity itself is an important discussion. The truth is, Those who are less socially rebellious might typically get our identity from family or from our relationships or from our work. In fact, so many of us either judge ourselves or feel that we're judged by others for the sort of work that we do. A conversation today about what it might mean to delight in an identity that has its formation not only in our work, but also in the heart of God. Our special guest today believes that revisiting the way we find our identity will give a new joy in Jesus and change the way we think about our lives and especially our work. Andrew Laird works with City Bible Forum in Melbourne He is National Manager of Life at Work, so lifeatwork.org.au, an initiative aimed at connecting Christian faith with our daily work. He is a former dean of the Marketplace Institute at Ridley College. He's also the author of the book called Under Pressure, How the Gospel Helps Us Handle the Pressures of Daily Work. Andrew Laird, let me say a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks for having me again, Neil. It's uh, wonderful to be with you. Hey, Andrew, right now, lots of us, and uh, you're in Melbourne, but uh, you've got colleagues, City Bible Forum, all around the country in capital cities, but uh, lots of people in lockdown right now, and work is either drying up, uh, maybe for some it's suspended, uh, some have changed their working environment, working at home. I wonder if you've got a reflection on what's happening at work with COVID. Oh, thanks, Neil. Yes, it's uh, it's quite a time, isn't it? And uh, thankfully, we are out of lockdown at the moment in Melbourne, at least. Uh, we're thankful for that. But it is having an enormous impact on on the workplace, uh, both in terms of people who are uh, overworking and just uh, unable to escape from work because they're working from home, and so it's always there now. But then the flip side, as you as you mentioned there, many whose work has has really dried up and uh, many who are struggling and suffering because of that. And uh, it does relate to the topic that we'll, we'll come to today, that you know, when our identity is tied to our work and our, our value and worth is tied to what we do, um, when that's taken away, if that's taken away, um, that can be very uh, crushing for, for many people. And so it is likely the case that, that many who are struggling at the moment with, uh, with a lack of work, uh, are feeling a real uh, sense of, of who am I uh, without this work. 
You know, I can't help but reflect that, you know, while we used to think of different people working in dangerous occupations as well, uh, that there are an awful lot more in this COVID age where they're on the front line, uh, they're exposed to people who may have a, you know, infectious state of uh, COVID. There's a certain sense in which, you know, when we talk about work, you've got a different set of people, uh, perhaps an enlarged set of people who may even be in a precarious or even vulnerable position in their work too. That affects us, doesn't it, in our thoughts about work? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Many who whose work might have been stable in a in a pre-covid environment has become quite unstable but but also the other side of that as well too is that there's a whole range of jobs that uh, again relating to our conversation today that our society perhaps uh, typically didn't value and yet through this whole time we are seeing as being essential workers and recognizing just how valuable they are and I'm thinking of people like cleaners uh, and so on who who often might have been, you know, looked down upon in our culture. And yet in the last 12 to 18 months, we have been uh, reminded very strongly of just uh, how significant their work is, for example. Okay, let's just move the dimension that we're talking about here for a moment to all of us generally in a workplace. And uh, the idea that perhaps even... You know, you've got a job title in your work and there's a corporate ladder to climb and uh, those who are a little bit higher up the ladder feel a little more important about their job and the idea that even in some workplaces, Andrew, uh, job titles are important. Some businesses have got, uh, you know, people in their uh, positions with flashy job titles, sometimes just to make employees feel good about working there. Any thoughts about, you know, the position we have within our work, in in our job? Yeah, you're not wrong there, Neil. A lot of creativity can go into uh, coming up with uh, job titles to describe things that might uh, otherwise feel very routine. I think uh, some interesting ones I've seen over the the years, uh, uh, a beverage dissemination officer, another name for a bartender or a a brand evangelist who's just the the marketing brand manager or a... um, a talent delivery specialist who's the who's the recruitment officer but um and we can get very creative with them and have a bit of fun with them but there is also a sense in which you're right that that often uh those those job titles uh, can be designed to try and uh increase a sense of value or worth that we might feel with what we do and I guess there's two sides to this. Uh, sometimes we're competing for that title because we want to feel important. And sometimes our employer is uh, dangling that carrot uh, of that title that wants us to feel important. Any thoughts around you know the, the way that sometimes that can be a little bit deceptive, can't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, look, whether we're Christian or otherwise, all of us can uh, uh, face that temptation and be tempted by that that offer of, uh, of, a, of a title that might uh, elevate our status in the eyes of others, particularly if we are connecting what we do and what our, our job title is with, uh, with the, the value or worth we ascribe to ourselves. 
I guess when it all boils down, there's a sense in which we all feel a little empowered by our choice of identity. Sometimes somebody else is choosing that job title or whatever in the workplace, but often we're choosing that. And uh, and so this idea of feeling empowered by your identity, this is sort of at the heart of where we're, we're moving with this conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, to be honest, I think... It is an incredibly significant issue in the working world today. In fact, I'd go so far as to say it's, it's the number one pastoral issue for Christians when it comes to the workplace. Uh, over the years, I, I regularly ask Christians, um, what are the key issues that you want to you know, help with thinking about when it comes to being a Christian in the workplace? And they mention all the usual things about workplace evangelism or, or ethics but not once in all of that time has anyone ever said to me, I really struggle with tying my value and my dignity and my worth with uh, what I achieve or accomplish in my daily work. And that to me doesn't necessarily reflect that it's not a problem, but rather that it's such a blind spot that we have connected these two things together and I think can have uh, quite significant and very detrimental consequences when we do. So the idea that there are weaknesses in having our identity tied up in our work and there might be some vulnerabilities we might be able to talk about here. So, so if my identity is only tied up in my work, in my job title, in the things that I do to feel important about myself, what's the vulnerabilities here that I might need to be aware of, Andrew? Yeah, there's probably several uh, there, Neil. Um, the the key word I think is when we when we look to our work to find the source of identity from it, and when we when we do that, we we look at what we achieve or accomplish or fail to achieve or accomplish as the source of our identity. Some of the dangers that can lead to are well well can be very significant. And look, if I start perhaps at the at the most extreme end, and yet this is a very real reality in Australia today is that there is a tragic statistical connection between suicide and disappointment with work. Uh, When work has been your identity and has been the source of uh, where you found your value and your worth, uh, if it's taken away or inevitably when it is taken away, uh, that can be crushing for for many people. And... uh, uh, it can it can crush in smaller and uh, perhaps less debilitating ways, but nevertheless, it can really still crush people. I remember hearing a woman say to me or send an email to me, she'd been uh, unable to work for, for quite a period of, of time because of sickness, and she used the expression in her email, I'm useless. It was an I am statement. It was a statement about identity, and because she couldn't do, because she couldn't work, because she couldn't accomplish, uh, she described herself as someone who was useless, and so it can, it can, it can devastate us. I think in in many ways, and at all seasons of our of our working life as well too. Okay, really, really getting into serious stuff when you say that even suicide can be a result of disappointment with work and when work is taken away and uh, you even use that word inevitable it'll be inevitable that your work will be taken away some of us will get the sack 
Some of us will get cancelled. Some of us will simply retire and the work won't be there anymore. And what you're saying here, Andrew, is this is so important that there are some, and perhaps even some listening to our conversation today, who will be crushed, who will hold all sorts of anxieties beyond our work. Uh, And we're actually here reliant on somebody saying something nice about us that gives us value uh, in order to just somehow rather feel normal. Is is that a, a reasonable sort of assessment? Yeah, no, that's a wonderful summary. And you mentioned retirement there that, if I'm correct, I think statistically in Australia today, uh, the, gr- the, the group of people uh, most likely to commit suicide, and I, I'm sorry for such a uh, such a de- depressing um, uh, topic at this point, but the, the group that is most statistically um, at risk and uh, where most suicides occur is, is uh, older men, and particularly older men in retirement. And I, I hazard a guess that much of that can have to do with uh, retire, with having left behind uh, their, their job uh, and really where they found who they were and then coming into retirement and really not knowing who they, they were, they are anymore. Um, a, a friend of mine tells the story of meeting someone at a party who introduces himself and says, I, I, I'm Bill. Uh, I, I recently retired. I used to be someone. And he, he says it half-heartedly you know, as, as a bit of a joke, but, but there's an element of truth in that as well too, that who am I now that I have retired uh, if I don't have uh, my, my job title or, or what I did to define me anymore? This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our special guest is Andrew Laird. He works with City Bible Forum in Melbourne and is National Manager of lifeatwork.org.au. It's an initiative aimed at connecting Christian faith with our daily work. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. You can also respond to today's Facebook question asking, do you think men have the source of their identity in their work more than women? And what value is finding identity in Jesus? You'll find that question at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Andrew, let's take a call or two from listeners. First of all, from Fiona in Mackay. Hello, Fiona. Welcome along. Good morning. God bless you. Thank you, Fiona. What are your thoughts for our conversation? All right. Um, The Lord has placed me in various positions of service. and through those positions of service, um, I have been able to minister to people either through prayer or laying on of hands. And I believe that in whatever position we are, whether it be a million dollar company or just feeding the poor upon the streets, uh, God will use us in whatever capacity that he sees fit. And I don't believe that that necessarily stops once you retire. Um, I'm 50 next year, and I believe that perhaps even in our retirement that God will will continue to abundantly bless whatever he has ordained for us. And I don't think that in retirement that we should necessarily view retirement as a full stop. It should just merely be a comma. Um, 
we should allow our hearts and minds to be focused upon him and his his plans for us, Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. And, um, you know, I just really believe that with some people when they retire, that their ministry does prosper and blossom and it continues, even perhaps even in a mightier way than when they were even employed. Fiona, good thoughts there. The idea of, you know, you don't retire, you retread. And uh, the idea that, you know, what you do in your life uh, with whatever position you might hold, a ministry role or whatever it might be, it continues on, whether you're actually being paid or whether you've got a title or not. Andrew, your thoughts for Fiona? Oh, look, I agree 100% with everything she just said there. The The problem is our, our culture, our society does rank uh, jobs in order of value and importance. And we look down on some and we elevate others. And yet, as we'll come to, Neil, the, 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 a Christian perspective on things will recognise that actually I have been put in this role, regardless of what culture thinks of it and society thinks of whether it's valuable or not, God has placed me there to, to be his ambassador and I can do tremendous things for him uh, in that context. And I, and I agree with Fiona as well, 100% in terms of what she said about retirement. Again, our culture can say that's a full stop. But I love that uh, term of it being a comma rather than a full stop. And again, if our identity is, is not found in what we do and accomplish, then our, our retirement can be a, a wonderfully productive time uh, for the Lord. Wonderful stuff. Thank you so much for your call, Fiona. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Anne is in Labrador in Queensland. Hello, Anne. Welcome along. Hello. Yes. Um, I think sometimes people... I'm retired now. I've been retired for last year, you know, nearly a couple of years now, and over a year at least and anyway I know that um, people don't often plan ahead they don't have any other things that they can do when they retire it's it's their job and that's it and so I've been blessed that I've um, do craft work and stuff and I've been blessing others throughout the church by giving them all away and stuff and and, uh, and it's been a joy of, of being able to do that and so I'm just I've been blessed that I can do that kind of thing so i just pray that people who even near retirement will get something that they can do out of retirement that's important not only to them but to maybe in their church they can get involved I've been involved in church now more than than I have when I was working so I'm just so grateful that I I can have this hobby to do that and that's what I think some people need to do. Wonderful thoughts there Anne. Uh, Andrew your thought for Anne? Oh, again, I agree entirely, and that's wonderful to hear uh, Anne's story. I think that's a great encouragement to all of us that the danger really comes when you go into retirement having not thought about what's next um, and have spent your working life um, finding your value with what you do. That's when the real danger comes. And so we need to be alert to that before our retirement that, that this is not who I am ultimately, what I do. And uh, but equally be 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 think planning and thinking about how am I going to spend my time uh, in my retirement. 
And thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. You might also want to respond to our Facebook question today at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Do you think men have the source of their identity in their work more than women? And what value is finding identity in Jesus? Just before we move on, though, just uh, picking up on a couple of important things there that Anne brought to light, uh, sort of indirectly. But when Anne talks about retirement, uh, while this is not a retirement conversation, I might say, it's about work. And, uh, and, you know, that includes all of us, wherever we might be in our career, in our working life. But... But when we talk retirement, that's a huge transition point where the light either switches on or you're into confusion about what your identity truly is, whether you are actually captivated by your identity and work. And no doubt uh, that's going to be an important aspect for all of us, considering when we approach retirement years, and for those who are into retirement years, how you reflect on that, but that's a really a big crunch point that shows where the identity truly is, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely, Neil. And look, to be honest, retirement is uh, is both not a biblical concept at all. You can find no idea of it in the Bible. And it's actually a relatively recent concept as well, too. Um, all of us would have grown up with it, but really it was only in the 19th century that the idea of retirement actually began to exist. So in the course of human history, that's that's not a long amount of time that we've we've ha- we've had this this concept of it. Um, but uh, as Anne as Anne said there, um, that it's better to think about it as a comma rather than a full stop. I love that. I'm going to be using that uh, that illustration of hers because. Um, because yes, when our when our work is not so much the source of our identity, but we're finding our our value and our dignity and worth from somewhere else, then retirement, to use that word in inverted commas, it just becomes another season where we seek to um, live out our faith and seek to glorify God and make His love known to others. Um, but just uh, it just looks different to uh, when we were uh, had a role that we were paid to do. A little bit like retirement being like a first world blessing, but along with that comes a first world problem and identity at the centre of that. The other little dimension there I wanted to raise after Anne mentioned it, and she said uh, she's in retirement now, but uh, she's been part of a church. And church is a big equaliser. And in some sense, the way you serve in church life Uh, does away with a lot of those sorts of titles that make you feel important and you're just serving because you're a servant of God. There's something special there in transition time to be part of a local church keeps you on with your feet on the ground. Any thoughts around that, Andrew? Oh, no, I agree. Not just in retirement, but all of... All of life as well. It's uh, it's important for us to have our that grounding of our local church and the the service that we do there. And uh, I, I won't mention him by name, but uh, well, actually, no, I'll I'll tell this story because it is publicly online. But um, the former head of the Reserve Bank of Australia, um, a, who is a keen Christian man, um, there, there's perhaps fewer higher ranking jobs in uh, in in the Australian. In Australian public life. Um, I've heard the story told by friends and uh, church colleagues of his, uh, or church uh, church friends of his, that uh, that he faithfully would um, 
would pl sit there and play the drums on Sunday and uh, and often do the sweeping afterwards. And I, I think that's just a, a wonderful testimony of how this man uh, had a very high profile, very significant job in Australian life, and, and yet a great humility there that uh, where his church enabled him to have those opportunities to be grounded and to serve. And uh, you're talking about Glenn Stevens here, uh, former Reserve yes, Bank Governor. Andrew Laird, before we take any more calls, let me just bring into our conversation a biblical foundation for our identity in Christ. And I'll get your favorite way of expressing this. But in my preparation for our conversation today, I came across Galatians chapter 2, where Paul wrote, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This idea of transferring the importance of my identity and replacing that with his identity, and that might describe for some listeners today what happens in a, a process of transformation. But Andrew, your thoughts on that scripture and how you describe the biblical foundation for our identity in Christ. Yeah, Neil, that's a, I think that's a fantastic verse for helping us uh, think about uh, how we should understand our identity uh, for those of us who are in Christ. And I explicitly use that term in Christ because it's such a key one for the Apostle Paul and it refers to it here that that. Our identity is no longer our own if we are a Christian person trusting in Jesus, in his death and resurrection. But uh, there's, in this strange way, Christ's identity becomes our identity. Uh, as it says here, I have been crucified with Christ. Well, no, no, I wasn't nailed to the cross. Christ was. But there is this sense in which Christ's death was my death. And similarly, Christ's resurrection is my resurrection. And Christ's righteousness uh, is my righteousness. And I think as we understand that concept of, of who we are in Christ and what happened to him in some ways is, is who we are and is what has happened to us, helps us to begin to think about, well, who am I now? And as it says in those uh, verses just there that you read out from Galatians 2, uh, he loved me and gave himself for me. But to, to take that even a, a step further, um, at Jesus' baptism, you have those wonderful words where God the Father appears and there's this voice heard from heaven and he says of Jesus, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And so taking that idea we've just been exploring now of, the, of our identity is, is caught up in Christ, those words that are said of Jesus at his baptism become true of all of those of us who are in Christ, namely, who are we? What is our identity? What does God think of me? Well, we are his child whom he loves, and with us he is well pleased. And, and this is an identity that is, is given to us from someone outside of us, namely the God of the universe. Uh, we, we don't earn it for ourselves, it's a it's a identity that is given to us by him and cannot be taken away. Wonderful stuff. Taking calls. 1-800-316-316. Let's take some calls. Christine is in Esperance in WA. Hi, Christine. Welcome along. 
Hi, Neil. How are you going? Really Thank good. Thank you for Thanks. your great program. I'm really enjoying it. Wonderful. <laughs> well, uh, what are your thoughts, Christine? Yes, well, I would just like to um, to share my experience. I've, I've always worked full-time, and then I had my first baby, and that just basically brought me to a stall stand, and I was just lost. I was... I'm sitting with this tiny little baby and this is all I'm doing all day. And my identity was so in my work at that moment in time that I, I just left. I just I just um, felt I had no self-worth and it was just devastating to me. And it's, um, it's taken me a long time to, to build that back up and realize that um, my identity is not in what I'm doing, but, but in Jesus. And I'm still working at it. Um, but I think it's a, it's a big thing for, for young women. I mean, you're driven and you try to be successful and then suddenly your whole world just stops and it revolves around your your husband and your kids. And um, for me, that was really a challenging time. Christine, what an absolutely wonderful insight. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts for Christine? Oh, I agree, Neil, 100%. Christine raises, I think, what is a really significant uh, aspect of this conversation. And it it relates to that Facebook question as well, too, that uh, you've been mentioning there, that it is so often the case. And I I speak as a male, but having um, spoken to many females in a similar situation to Christine's, not not least my, my wife, that, that time of where children are born can be a real uh, challenging time and a real struggle for women uh, in terms of trying to uh, figure out who am I now when so much of what I was was what I was being employed to do. And I've got to say our culture doesn't help us here in that, in that we do look down on the, the job of uh, of parenting and 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 mothering and raising children and 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 simply because it's not paid work and our our culture elevates work that is paid and the more that it's paid the more we think it's valuable and which is just completely at odds to how the bible thinks about work so i, I agree with christine 100 percent that that the solution there uh for 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 women um, particularly as they, you know, transition perhaps from paid employment to the 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 equally, if not more important, work of raising children, um, is to recognise my identity is not in what I do, but it is in who I am in Christ, and and so the 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 I mentioned in our first part of our conversation, when work is the source of our identity that can be terribly destructive for us. And what the gospel does is it flips that to work now being the expression of the new identity I have in Christ. And we say, well, this is the new work that I have to do, whether our culture values it or not, whether I'm paid for it or not. This is the work that I have in this season of parenting, of mothering. And so let me express who I am in Christ in this new role. Christine in Esperance in WA, what a fabulous insight. Thank you so much for a wonderful contribution. And uh, let's continue to take some calls. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's take another call. Graham is in Cleveland in Queensland. Hello, Graham. Welcome. Hi. How you doing? Very well, Graham. What are your thoughts? Well, this is very relevant and and I'm just really... um buoyed by the uh, conversation I, I'm actually retiring uh, this coming September 
after 42 years working in the one organisation. And um, and I think there were some key issues around identity here that people need to be aware of. And I was fortunate enough to, to people to make me aware of it. And um, our organisation actually provides access to um, psychologists for all sorts of things. But one of them is being prepared for um, retirement and um, and making sure that, that we're in the right place. And this is a secular approach, of course. But I think, um, you know, we find our identity in, in, or we could find our identity in so many things, but different aspects of life, whether, you know, I'm a husband, father, member of the church or, or whatever. But at, at the end of the day, uh, it's in Jesus where my real identity is. And um, and he's really the, the prime claimant on my identity and, and um, provides consistency. And I think that's a real blessing for believers that, that, that perhaps those who, who don't have Jesus are really missing out on. Wow. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts for Graham? Oh, look, I'll say it again, Neil, but you've got fantastic callers today. I, I agree 100% with uh, with Graham. That you're right. We, we do have all sorts of different roles in life, whether that's a, a, a parent or a sibling, uh, the, the work roles that we have. And that's not, not to denigrate any of those roles in any way at all. They are, they are valuable and God-given roles. But uh, as Graham says, the, the, the primary way we need to understand ourselves and uh, and remind ourselves daily almost of it is that our ultimate identity is found in who we are in Christ, namely a child of God who is who is loved by him, who he delights in, and that is that love and that delight is of nothing that we do, but entirely uh, given to us uh, by him. Graham, before I let you go, you're saying you were working with an organisation helping people to prepare for retirement. You mentioned that it is a secular organisation. I imagine that this dimension we're talking about today makes no appearance in that sort of preparation. Oh no! So I, I, what I was saying is, I um, my organisation provides uh, access to its employees um, to actually consult um, counsellors or psych psychiatrists and and one of the um, areas that they identify as as uh, as needing attention is people who are preparing for retirement but you are 100% correct in that um, nowhere in the conversation generally is anything to do with um, finding uh, the consistent identity in Christ that no other function in life can actually provide so uh, Graham, thank you so much. What a wonderful input today. And our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's continue to take some calls. Uh, Jenny is in Leeton in New South Wales. Hi, Jenny. Welcome. Good morning. Jenny, what are your thoughts? Uh, look, isn't it wonderful that our identity is who we are, who we belong to um, being Jesus? Um, but also, it's wonderful that we can draw upon God's word, and His word says, "Without a, a purpose, the people will perish." Um, so, for me, I, you know, that that gives you. Um, re- you can research that, and you know, look for the gaps in 
in your community or in your church and how can you be a blessing to fill that gap like you can pick kids up to take to a kids club or start a men's breakfast if your church doesn't have it so you know and even being a mum with with a newborn baby that's your purpose bringing up the lord's child because it's his child as well as yours so i think whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men in Colossians 3.23. And that always gives me strength, that scripture, Jenny, when I feel that I'm not doing enough. Wonderful input once again. And uh, when you say without a purpose, uh, people perish, uh, sometimes we read that scripture, you know, without a progressive vision, uh, the people perish. There's a certain sense in which identity in Christ gives us a vision beyond those natural circumstances we find ourselves in in our work. Andrew, your thoughts for Jenny? Yeah, look, just to, I, the the idea of purpose, I think, is really important in this conversation as well, too. And if I can if I can tie it with uh, with the previous caller as well, too, and uh, some of the things that he was saying that that the world tells us that we need to find our identity internally. You know, who am I? And find that, find that, and express that. Um, and similarly, find find your own purpose and uh, express that. But what uh, what Jenny and what we're talking about here now is that is that our identity is something that is external to us. It's given to us by God, and equally our purpose is external to us. It's given to us by God. Namely, what Jenny talks about there, being a blessing or or being a person of of love, and and I think that is the. The, the key purpose for, for our daily work, whether it's paid or unpaid, um, whether it's in retirement or whatever it is, um, God places us in a context with people and we have ample opportunities to show Christ's love to them, whether it's a paid job, whether it's our children, whether it's volunteering in retirement. And, uh, and again, that, that is given to us by God. And so it's a, there's, a, there's a security that comes when my identity and my purpose comes from outside of me, it comes from him. Uh, it's fixed and it's unchanging, and I, I, I know what I'm here for and to get on with and who I am. Jenny, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Steve is in Parks in New South Wales. Hello, Steve. Welcome back. Yeah, g'day. Uh, g'day, brothers. Uh, look, I... I uh was guided um, very much by the old CAFE motto of love your work. And you try to be a bit respectful towards your, your fellow workers. And I, I was for many years, but all of a sudden, things like privatisation, deregulation, casualisation, and the 24-hour economy came along, and it sort of batters you around a bit. And I'm terribly grateful, though, uh, to Christian radio because it helps to lift you up. You know, it's sort of Savlon for the battered soul. <laughs> and you yep. learn to, you know, treat others a bit better, thanks to you people. And, the, and I'm terribly grateful you're hate speech free. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm humbly, I'm humbly accepting those compliments uh, for all the work that goes on, on on Vision Radio, and it's not one person at all, but it's just across. Uh, I, I can appreciate what you're saying there, Steve. Uh, this is something that gives you an affirmation of your identity in Christ uh, when you just flick the radio on. There's a real value there. Anyway, Andrew, uh, your thoughts for Steve. 
Oh, just picking up on Steve's comment of, you know, loving your work. Yes, it's a very popular sentiment in our world today. And look, if you do love your work, then that is a that is a tremendous blessing from God and uh, give thanks to him for that. But look, there's plenty of us who, uh, who don't love our work and uh, plenty of times that we don't love our work. And that's why, as we were just saying a moment ago, we need a we need a reason for being there and doing what we're doing that is that is uh, beyond uh, ourselves um, so that when we don't love our work, um, we, we still ha- can see reason and value and purpose for being there, namely not so much loving our work, but loving the people that we work with and loving others through our work. And, uh, and I think that can sustain us uh, in a way, uh, in, in a wonderful way when our, when our work is challenging and we don't love it. Wonderful stuff. Steve in Parks, thanks so much for your call. We'll probably have to put a line under calls there because time's running out for our conversation. Just something here with a little bit of balance, Andrew, the idea that we ought to love our work. Now, not everybody loves their work. Not everyone does a job that you can say, this is a lovely job to do. But there is a certain sense in there that we do have some level of identity that naturally comes from the work that we are called to or skilled in, in some ways that we're identifying. But when we talk about our identity in Christ, we're talking about something here that is a bit transcendent above that, that's actually more powerful than the identity we get in our work. Because sometimes we are still going to be caught up in this idea that I've got a particular title i'm the executive manager for whatever it might be there is a certain sense that identity is still in there but we've got to look above that what are your thoughts for the overriding power of this identity we have in christ yes that's right neil and uh, we can very easily uh, fall into the trap of uh, particularly if we have a role or a job title that is esteemed in the eyes of others um, we can uh, very easily grow proud and uh, and begin to to think that that is where my my value and worth uh, comes from. And look, you know, as I said, they're they're, they're blessings from God to be uh, enjoyed. But the moment that that we're taking them and uh, elevating them and um, uh, relying on them to to find a, a sense of, of, of worth and, and self esteem, we're we're heading down a destructive and and dangerous path. Um, and on the flip side too, as we've talked about, if we have a, a role that perhaps our society doesn't esteem, uh, and yet we're attaching our value and our, our our worth to what we do, then that's going to be crushing for us. And so, as you say, we've 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 got to always hold on to that identity in Christ as our as our highest. Uh, identity that I am a child of God I am loved by him uh, with he, with with me he is well pleased and so we 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 need to be reminding ourselves uh, a, a daily of that and uh, can I encourage your listeners in in something that I need to encourage myself in is that taking that time at the start of the day whether you're a you're a CEO or whatever it is you are taking that time to say ultimately who am I uh, I'm a child of God, and it's out of that identity that I ultimately live, not the, not the fantastic title on my business card. 
In fact, Andrew, sometimes when people say, oh, you're a Christian, uh, some people will feel as though that's like a weakness. Oh, to have an identity in Christ, some sort of weakness. And people's criticism of Christians, oh, you've just got a crutch that you're leaning on. You know, hey, uh, you know, uh, get a bit uh, muscled up a little bit. This is not weakness. This is actually strength in our identity in Christ. Any thoughts around that as we sort of sum up where we've been talking today? Yes, absolutely. Look, I think when your identity is ultimately in Christ and you are resting in that, it actually gives you a strength and a confidence that no other source of identity can give you. And I I think over the course of time, people who aren't Christian will see that, that there is a there is a security and a and a stability to your life that you have because of this identity and uh, rather than it being a negative thing uh, dare i say that the result might be that they would ask you how can you be so stable and secure uh, in spite of the the setbacks that inevitably come your way um, the, the way that you don't um, take hold of the successes of our work and uh, and grow proud and i think when we've when we're embracing this identity it can't help but be seen as as a, as a positive thing and uh, something that uh, that people uh, may well in due course ask us where does that come from and wonderful opportunity then to to speak of the the the, the blessing it is to have the security of identity in christ Wonderful to end a conversation on talking about identity in Christ, a strength that no other source of identity can give you. Hey, Andrew, always great getting an update on these sorts of topics that you're across so wonderfully. Uh, For people to connect with you, now you're working with City Bible Forum You're based in Melbourne, but City Bible Forum in all the capital cities all around Australia. You're national manager of lifeatwork.org.au. For those who want to take this a little further, for those who want to connect with you in some way, lifeatwork.org.au, what will people find when they go to City Bible Forum and connect with you there? Yes, look, you can find my contact details there. I'm always happy for people to, to reach out to me personally. But yes, do do head to the citybibleforum.org website. And if I can particularly mention one thing, that if you're wanting to explore this specific issue a bit further, um, we've recently just uh, developed uh, an online video course that, uh, with me presenting this material in much greater length than we've had the chance to do today. So citybibleforum.org slash courses and uh, you can find a whole lot more on this topic, either for yourself, or you might think there's people in my church, younger people perhaps, who could really value from for reflecting on this issue. You can find that there. Wonderful stuff. And uh, even for callers who called in today, if you're anticipating retirement or if you've got a transition coming and you're about to launch into motherhood, as some of our callers today, that's the sort of thing perhaps going to be really, really valuable. This course, uh, does it have a name, Andrew? Because what you do is you outline some diagnostic questions you can get a sort of a self-assessment of where you're at with your value and your worth and your work in a in a healthy-ish sort of a way. Is there a name for that course? There is a name. It's uh, 
I am what I do, question mark. <laughs> and uh, the, sub, the subtitle is, uh, is, is thinking about work and personal identity because so often in our culture, we do believe we are what we do. But we're, in that course, we, we're obviously challenging that along the lines of we've challenged it today. Citybibleforum.org. That's how you can connect with Andrew, citybibleforum.org. Dot org. Andrew Laird, uh, always enjoy our conversations and you know there's so much more we could talk about and we didn't even get into any of the controversial stuff around identity either but uh, there's perhaps another chat for another day but thanks so much for uh, the gift that you have for pursuing that, for getting the word out about how we deal with our work, how we understand the value of our work and our identity in Christ. Andrew Laird, who's City Bible Forum uh, national manager of lifeatwork.org.au. I mentioned too, he's written a book called Under Pressure, How the Gospel Helps Us Handle the Pressures of Daily Work. No doubt you can Google that or Andrew Laird. You'll find out how to get his book and get it delivered wherever you might be living right around Australia. Andrew, thanks so much for updating us today on 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.